episode 158 of Brutal Battle. Yep, here it is. This is the <laughs> fifth episode with Mr. Kyle Norman on the podcast. Thanks for having me, sir. We're going to do it. We're going to do this, and we're going to do it right. Oh, man. I was talking, uh, maybe we would do the, the intro thing, the beer Googles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do some beer Googles, man. Why don't, why don't see we how do it? it? See how it turns out. So the last one we left off on was, I believe, how come beer, and then, oh, yep, and then the letter C. So let's go ahead <laughs> and do how come beer and the little D, and the letter D. I've had a little bit to drink. People don't drink a drive. Please. We will not be either. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so how come beer and D, if the internet works. How come how come beer doesn't have nutrition facts? Oh. How come beer how oh how did beer come about? How come beer gives me diarrhea? Oh. That comes up a lot. I say it. How did beer come to America and how come I can't drink beer anymore? I feel like the diarrhea and how come I can't drink it anymore come up quite often. Yeah, they do. Let's do a different um, one. Let's do the how come beer doesn't have nutrition facts. That's Excellent. that's the very first one that comes up. Sounds good. And let's see what the search comes up with. The very first thing that comes up is through alcohol nutritional something. Uh, the weird and confusing reason some alcohol doesn't have nutrition facts. Let's click on that and see how fast the internet wants to run. <laughs> uh, so this is from greatest.com. Okay. says, the weird and confusing reason some alcohol doesn't have nutrition labels. Uh, it turns out the government has different regulatory bodies for food and spirits, but a recently proposed change could mean uniform, and there's an ad that popped up, <laughs> could mean uniform nutritional labels across all consumable goodies. I've heard this. Yeah. It all stems from some, it all stems from some fairly complicated legal designations that separate fruit, uh, ugh, separate food, <laughs> this is challenging, from <laughs> some but not all alcohol. In a popular thread from Reddit's Explain It Like I'm Five page, interesting, Redditors have been trying to explain why alcohol doesn't need to disclose the same nutritional information as, say, Coca-Cola. Basically, it comes down to some pretty ambiguous legal distinctions, like whether or not a beer uses malted grain. That explains why gluten-free beer and hard cider count as regular old foodstuffs. Redditors have, like, the, like us, been a little confused. Why no nutrition labels on the liquor bottles we buy? Isn't it important to know about what we are drinking? I'm going to skip ahead because it's just a bunch of people asking questions at that point. Yeah. Uh, nutritional ignorance might soon get a lot tougher for drinkers. Since 2007, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau has been pushing to require serving facts on all alcoholic beverages. And while it might, be, it might take another few years for that proposal to become law... The TTB released a set of voluntary guidelines for alcohol labels in May of 2013, giving consumers and manufacturers a pretty good idea of what required labels might look like. Um, yeah, and that's the article. Hmm. And they have, like, some survey at the end of it. But. Isn't, isn't there something in the Obamacare reg regulations that, that specifies about craft beer and, and nutritional labor, labeling? I don't know. To be clear, Affordable Care Act. Yeah, yeah. Also called a, Obamacare. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's two things. We have to throw both of them out there. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I had heard that in passing on some beer podcast. And, and some some breweries are kind of, I know, kind of concerned about having to put that information on there. 
uh, just because it could turn some people off. You know, they could look and be like, oh my god, 200 and some calories for one 12-ounce beer. Yeah. Which, I mean, you and I yeah. probably know, and a lot of listeners who are big into craft beer probably know, yeah. when you're picking up a 12-ounce beer, there are a shit ton of calories in that <laughs> it, beer. Yeah, there's a lot of malt that goes into it, and malt right. has a lot of sugars and starches, and just has a whole lot of stuff in it. Part of the reason I work out. I mean, <laughs> come on. You know, I I don't work out to, to be in amazing shape. I don't work out to have giant muscles. I work out to feel okay about drinking beer, honestly. So, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I, I think one of my buddies sent me an article about something with the uh, Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. and craft beer and how if they tried to put labeling on it, it was going to cost an additional huge price. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was, but it only yeah. apl- I, the way it read is that it only applied to bigger corporations that are selling their beers at chains that have more than like four locations or something oh, like that. Oh, really? Yeah, the huh. the article that he sent me and again, I don't know a whole lot about it, so please look into it. So, but it was it was a chains that have more location more than four like four locations, so like a Ruby Tuesdays or Okay. you know, some like So restaurants or re- other retail. Right. Okay. right. So if it's just like a local little local mom and pop shop, then they don't have to have it. But okay. if they but if they're at a big restaurant like that, then they do have to have it, and that's going to cost them an additional, I forget how much money they said. Well, there which, are some locations, or some areas of the, of the country where like places like Target can carry beer. Yeah. So yeah. like if, that would if there's a brewery that has yeah. you know, their beer in Targets, in like four or more tar- Targets, yeah. they would have to have nutritional facts in that, that case? That's the way the article read. Again, you might want to look at more yeah, details it of it. But... Um, but I mean, honestly, if you're if you're a big enough brewery that you're going to be able to be in a, loca- a location that has more than four places, like a Target or like a Ruby Tuesdays or a Red Lobster or something, you know, some huge chain like that. I mean, honestly, aren't you big enough that you're going to be able to take, take that, that cost? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take that cost hit and be still be OK. I don't know, because there actually are some breweries that I feel like are overreaching with what they can do financially. Okay. Um, there's one near us that, I mean, it's kind of an exception potentially, but they're, that one's so, it, it's so different though <laughs> of, of a situation because I've talked about it for allegedly, um, it's a brewery that's trying to, um, basically embezzle money or not. I'm sorry, not embezzle launder money oh. that they're trying to not let the feds get from them. Is, is this the guy that's in prison for it? Uh, actually, he ended up not going to prison, and uh, it's Ocean City Brewing, and this is all alleged, everyone, because I have to say that, but um, they, he ended up getting, I don't even know what he got, but he's not going to jail, I know that much. He has to pay a bunch of the money back, and someone I know ran into him and said that they're planning on opening another location of their brewery. Here's the thing, the one that they just opened in art in our town, not far from us, uh, is not doing all that well anyway, but I'm just thinking this is a trying to get as much money out so the feds can't grab it from them. Um, but just saying not very well run, but I, I do also do think, I mean, that's an example, but that's also a crazy example. So (laughs) it's, yeah, it's not the, but there are breweries out there that don't run smart in a smart way. Right. So, right. But still like when I think about breweries that have, that are in like targets and huge chain restaurants. Like I think like Sam Adams. Yeah. Dogfish and, head. Yeah. Dogfish head. Lagunitas. Got a lot of money doing well. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, that have that have that income that they're going to be still probably be okay. It's not like you know my local little local Clarion River Brewing is going to be mm-hmm. in there or, or Race Street. You know, most people that don't live in my area have never even heard of those, and actually, even most of the people that do live in my area haven't heard of them. Still don't know about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which they should. So if you listen to the podcast, go try them. And you're near the Clearfield, Dubois, Brockway, Clarion area. Give them a try. But those places, you're never going to... Well, at this point, you're not going to see them in a big location anyway. They're going to do fine in their little local corners, and they're going to do fine with their their regulars and stuff that they see all the time. So I can't see this being a huge problem for most breweries, but it's going to be those ones that are right on the cusp of where they either need to get bigger or go out, and that's the ones that it's going to affect. But I do feel like if that is the case, and they will have to put the nutritional facts on that that could actually stop a few breweries from making that step to, you know, distributing a little bit more. Right. You know, like, say there, there are breweries who are only distributing in, in you know, smaller stores. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, man, we have this opportunity to go with the chain. But if we get to that point where we're in, like, you know, four or more of their locations, we have to add all this nutritional information. And uh, so yeah. it could kind of hold some breweries back. Yeah. So, in a sense, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, I mean, let's talk about the other aspect of it. I mean, do you think that people really want to know or need to know the nutritional facts on beer? Man, that's that's a difficult decision because I'm, I don't know, I'm not most people. I know there are people. I don't really care. I know I'm I'm drinking craft brew because I like the flavor. I like I like what it is. And you're like regardless. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to look at that and go, eh, I don't even care. And probably not even look at the nutrition label and just right. go back to, to what it is. Yeah, and I'm kind of of the same mind. Like, I know that when I'm consuming beer, it's not good for me. Yeah, it's you like, know, like, it's, it's not it's not going to make me more fit. Like <laughs> It's like going out for ice cream. You know ice cream's bad for you. Yeah. You don't need well, a nutritional yeah. label to tell you that ice cream's bad for you. Right, and that's actually a good parallel because how many people actually go get ice cream and look at the nutritional facts before they buy it? Probably nobody. So for that reason, you could probably stop taking nutritional information off of ice cream because I guarantee no one's checking it. Yeah, they're going for ice cream because it's delicious. Yeah, You're going to go for craft beer because it's good. And I'm going to pretty much guarantee that that would be the same situation. Yeah, pretty with much. craft beer if they make them do it. So the only person that's going to hurt is that little craft brewer that, like you said, is right in between. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and right. through, you, through, you know who it's not going to hurt though? AB home, and Bev, home brewers. Yeah, that's true. Do that's have, true. Do we have a home brewer? We actually have a home brew sitting in front of us, which I'd forgotten about because we got so deep <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I but didn't. I will say that through talking that out. I think we got to a point where we're saying it kind of doesn't matter. Like, right. like the cost of actually doing it would just be prohibitive. Right. And there's kind of no point in doing it because nobody's going to read that. I really think no one's going to read it. Just yeah, like the, the ice cream situation. Yeah, the craft beer community is not going to read it. They're not so. going to care. The only people that are going to read it are health nuts that are already aware that there's calories in beer. Right. And those are the people who are drinking, like, MGD-64. Because, <laughs> oh my god, only 64 calories per 12 ounces? Oh my god, that's amazing. I, I know a lady that drinks Natty Light with ice in it. <sighs> to water it down a little bit. Okay, first of all, you're drinking Natty Light wrong. Second of all, you're putting ice in beer even more wrong. If you're drinking Natty Light out of anything other than a funnel, you're probably drinking it wrong. 
Yeah, you could be right. <laughs> it's not made to be sipped and enjoyed. It's made to be no, swelled no, no, down no, no, no. so that you can get drunk faster. Ugh. Which is why I don't drink it. <laughs> so, yes. Sorry for the diversion. Back to the homebrew. We have a homebrew in front of us. Yeah, I'm this pretty excited. Very graciously provided by um decent amount of time listener. I mean, he hasn't been as long a listener as you, Kyle. Episode Norman. one, baby. That's yeah, true. But uh, Colin Hikes, been listening for a while, uh, met up with this awesome guy and his lady, Jess, at the Manor Hill first anniversary uh, Blood Orange Berliner Weiss release nice. in Ellicott City, Maryland. Uh, had some nice discussion with them. They're really nice individuals, know a lot about craft beer, love craft beer, nice. and are great listeners of the podcast. And uh, he, before he left, he handed me this this bottle of beer and said, hey, check out this homebrew. Um, so the dude's a home brewer. <laughs> Gotta respect it because yeah. I couldn't stick with it. I oh, did one man. batch and quit. Those, those people that do home brews and do home brews right yeah. are awesome. Well, let's find they out what awesome. how Colin does it. Let's this is a, a pale ale that he gave me, and it's hopped with HBC 438 is the hop. I'm oh, not, it's a melon hop. Did Dogfish Head do an HBC 438 uh, single hop IPA, Imperial IPA, I think? Uh, maybe. I think. Maybe. They didn't a, a single hop Imperial IPA HBC something, so I don't know if it's the same. Yeah. But it smells like melon. Uh, it looks. It's, it smells delicious. Little tad bit hazy, but well, um, a good homebrew should be hazy. orangey coloration to it. Yeah, it's got a decent head. Like Ooh. I said, melon, lots of melon. There is melon, but there's also a citrus aspect in there. Oh man, it smells wonderful. It is like a convergence of melanin, like a clementine, maybe? Yeah, yeah, something sweeter. Not like a lemon, but something sweeter, like an orange or a clementine or one of those little cuties, which I guess is kind of like a clementine anyway. It smells really good. Yeah, it does. I, I'm going to be honest, you, you just smell, just based on smell, you plop this down in front of me, and it's a mystery beer on the show. I'm excited for it. Well, excited for it, but also thinking this is a professionally produced beer. Yeah. I'm not just being nice because Colin's a, fa- a, a fan of the show. I'm yeah. just saying. Being honest. God, that smells good. There's a, there's a tad bit of a bubblegum note at the end, too. Yeah, it's that it's that little extra sweet. On yeah. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not sweet like Seven Hop. I am inclined to taste this sucker. Yeah, give it a shot, man. See what you think of it. Because it's got beautiful color. It's got beautiful smell. Ooh. What's it taste? What's it taste like? It's good, man. So keeping in mind, it's a pale ale. It's not crazy on bitterness. It's not crazy on alcohol. It's got a present sweetness. Yeah. There's a little bit of maybe like a corn type quality in the flavor. I don't. I don't get. It's corn. like very small underlying note throughout. But no, it's it's a beer that you could just you could sit down and drink a couple of. The citrus. It's nice. The melon, the melon aspects, yeah. the definitely the citrus, there. Yeah, the melon and the citrus definitely come through on this beer. It's very smooth. Yeah, it's nice. Very smooth. Yeah. The bitterness is not crazy at all. Like, the bitterness is how I like it, basically. Mm. It's there, but it's kind of, like, medium-low yeah. on the bitterness. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, mm. it's it's well-rounded. A little bit of sweet from the malt, a little bit of that citrus-melon character from the hops... And a little bit of bit bitterness on the end of that. To Getting a little that bit out. of that bubblegum too. A little bit. A little bit of that nice kind of bubblegum quality on the end to go with that citrus and the melon and wow, 
It's, a it's nice, an easy beer. It's a it's, very easy, tasty yeah, beer. It's a very mm. easy, well-rounded beer. Yeah, it's it's very well done. Damn, I'm Colin. I say I've been mm. to breweries that don't produce stuff as good as this. I yeah. So well done, I, I agree with that. Uh, in this recording session, we've had beers that are not as good as this, <laughs> to be honest. We've had a few beers that aren't as good as this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is nice, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you gave this to me blind, I honestly think it would be better than... Yeah, a good, a decent seven hop beer. IPA by Rogue. Yeah, for sure. This has yeah. been fermented all the way for what it was supposed to be. Mm. Mm. Oh, and so you know, Colin, so you can gauge when you gave me the beer to when we drank it because we record ahead. It is June 29th <laughs> when we are recording this and trying this beer, so we didn't wait a long time. There's no date code on the freaking bottle, so we have no <laughs> idea when to drink it. What kind of, what kind of brewer are you? <laughs> that is something I would harp on sometimes with actual like production breweries, but home brewers, there's a lot more leniency uh, afforded there. Yeah, so. I would, I would hope, I would hope you give home brewers a little bit more leniency. This but is, I'll tell you, I'll tell this you is great. Ooh, when I just finished what was in my glass, I got a quick hit of like mandarin, mandarin orange. Yeah, that, that goes yeah. along with that sweeter orange flavor. Yeah. I think maybe I was just able to nail it down right then. That okay. kind of citrusy mandarin orange—that's yeah. good, man. Yeah, it was. It's a, it's a nice beer, and like I said, I've, I've had. Um, I was actually a, a judge for a homebrew competition. Yeah. A while back, and uh, most of the beers that I had there were better than a lot of the stuff that I've had that's mass produced. And I don't know if it's because it's fresher or because these homebrewers are just getting so good at what they do that they're producing beers that are of higher quality or. I don't know, maybe they got lucky or something. I have no idea, but regardless of what it was, they were really good homebrews. Well, the other thing you have to think about is that craft beer is becoming so popular to a point where a lot more people are homebrewing. They're getting better at it. Mm -hmm. It's getting easier to do. You're getting better quality ingredients. Mm -hmm. And when a lot of breweries end up opening up, where do people get their start? They got it in homebrewing, typically. So. There's potential that there are tons of people out there homebrewing who will never open a brewery, who, if they did, would be wildly successful. Yeah, absolutely. And then there are also people who were homebrewing, they will open a brewery, and it sucks. Yeah. You know, you, you just, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. And, yeah. you know, it, it's like anything in life. There are people out there who would be amazing at something, but they don't do it professionally. Yeah. And there are people out there who are not good at something, but they try to do it professionally. Yeah. I think um I think homebrewing in the US is starting to starting to get back to a point at where it was like before prohibition. Mm-hmm. Like prohibition before prohibition there was what thousands of breweries in the US? A lot of breweries. There was a ton of breweries in the US and then after prohibition there ended up being what like 12 or something like that. Some very like ludicrously small number of breweries. And now it's starting to get back to the point where I think there's more home breweries or there's more breweries now. In the United States than there ever has been. Yeah. And I think that's kind of good for not only the economy, but it's good for, like, locals. Because I know even in my area, there was nothing yeah. up until a couple years ago. Now, all of a sudden, there's three. Yeah. You know? Well, I would argue, being in my area, that it's it's becoming too much. Because there's, there's so many breweries that, you know, I, myself being the ticker type of person, which I've talked about at length on this podcast... <laughs> Um, I, I've just kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, I just can't try everything. There was a point where I was like, maybe I can try almost everything, yeah. but now I've just kind of given up and I'm like, there's yeah. just no way. Yeah, there's, there's definitely that saturation point, yeah. but there's also a point at where 
the locals are going to go to what's local to them. Yeah. And they're going to continue to, you know, to patronize those businesses and they're going to continue to help them. And like, like I said, I've seen that in my area a little bit. Now, granted, I don't have, you know, six breweries within 10 minutes like you yeah. do. I have three that are within like 45 minutes. <laughs> so I don't, I still don't have that many breweries. But I mean, the people that go to those breweries, like I've seen multiple times. And the breweries are also producing pretty good food too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's going to help their businesses as well. So yeah, I, definitely. I mean, I I love it. I I say the more breweries, the better. And I know there's going to reach a point where they can't all succeed. But I mean, as many breweries as I can get in my area, great. Yeah. Even if they're just okay, like there's there's one in my area that's okay. It's getting better. They fired their head brewer and got a new one, uh, and I think it was a good move because the new head brewer is doing a little bit better. Than the, well, shouldn't even say a little bit, a lot better than the than the last guy, but um, it's getting better. So, um, and the but, other two are just are good to begin with. By the way, while you were talking, I poured myself more of Collins Homebrew, and I mean it is just good. Yeah, honestly, like it is easy to drink. It is flavorful. Yeah, it's nice. Good job, Colin. And yeah. thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, thank really you. Really appreciate I mean, I, sharing I, that. I always appreciate trying a good homebrew. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, Damn Patrick good. Snyder, please send more my way. Yes, Patrick Snyder. I've heard a lot about you from oh, Kyle Norman. So please open up a brewery. Let's get some of that homebrew on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's oh, figure that out. So good. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get down to business with uh, mystery beers already. Let's try these mystery beers. That time. A and B actually look almost the same. Uh, uh, A's the hair darker? A, you want to call it that? They're both very yellow. A's got a little bit more of an orange tinge to it. Uh, and B's just more of like a straight yellow, yeah. almost straw yep. coloration. Yeah, so. A's just a hair darker. Both pretty clear, pretty see-through. Let's smell A. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> Lemon peel. Yep. Lemon peel, a little bit of hay, a little honey, maybe? I'm getting a little like... Cat pee. Yeah, I can see the cat pee. <laughs> it almost smells a little bit like an apple cider. Or like a funky apple cider. <laughs> you know, like open fermentation type apple cider. A little I, funky. I've never had an open fermentation apple cider. Oh, Millstone. Millstone out of Moncton. Is that, that cidery you're talking about? Yeah, uh, about 20 minutes or so from where we live. Yeah, lemon. I'm getting a little floral note, a little vegetable there is. And cat pee. Definitely. Lemon, floral, vegetal, and cat pee. I think that sums it up probably the best. <laughs> Definitely. Well, let's see if that's what's in the flavor. Ooh. Oh, it's sour. A lot of lemon. Yeah, there's a lot of lemon quality to it. There's a tart. I wouldn't go so far as to say sour. Yeah, tart. Tart's a better. There's word. a tartness to it. You're right. You're right. There's a bit of that floral quality to it. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that cat pee, actually. <laughs> a little bit of cat pee. Not like I've actually well, tasted cat pee. So but what, I, what I imagine cat pee kind right. of tastes like. I'm assuming this is from the malt, but there's a little bit of kind of like a cereal grain flavor in there as well. Yeah. Hmm. Lemony. Zest, poly. Yeah. Yeah, very lemony. 
This is pretty easy to drink, though. It's not bad. It's not amazing, but it's got a decent flavor. It's like an in-between type beer yeah, for me. I'm agreed. In-between. Uh, you know it's what? It's good to be. I'll be honest with you. I put my cups backward. I was trying B. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now catch up with me on A. Oh, no, man. This smells totally different. Smell B while I'm doing A. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. You, you do A. Join me on A now. Oh, no. I don't get any cat pee on A. A lot of lemon, though. I don't even get... I don't even get a whole lot of lemon These, on these might be pretty pretty similar beers. Did we pour them in wrong glasses? Let me see your A. That's your, that's your B. That's fine. The A-holes and the B-holes. <laughs> You're hey. right. Put these. Are those the right ones? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Correct. I got, I poured, got them poured properly. What are okay. you getting out of A right now? Uh, honestly, a little bit of that bubble gum that you had said before. Really? I didn't get that. But I'm coming from B, though. Wait till mm. you taste B. Okay. Let's focus on A at the moment. Honestly, they are kind of similar beers. Are they? Yeah. Um, when you taste B, you'll see what I mean, meant by the sour. As I keep sipping on A, there's a little bit of a hay quality yeah. in the in the flavor to yes. it. Yeah. Uh, definitely still that like a lemon peel, little that bit, bit of that cereal grain note that I was talking okay. about. Now I get that. Yeah. And there's a slight bit of a tartness on there. Yeah. All right. Well, now let's go to B. Yeah. Go go <laughs> at B like it's fresh. <laughs> Smell. Like I said, this one, yeah. Wait till you, wait till you try it. You'll see what I mean by the sour. Melon? Yeah. You talked about melon in Collins Homebrew, but melon on this. It's like a little bit of like honeydew type melon. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got that one right. No? A little watermelon, actually. Watermelon. Sorry, not honeydew. Watermelon. That's what that smells like. Definitely smells like watermelon. A little bit. Definitely, I I feel like this has got to be, and there is a tartness on it. This has got to be some sort of like watermelon goza or something. Actually, oh, you know what? And I say that because there's an Anderson Valley watermelon briny goza out there, I believe, which I've seen around. Maybe that's this. New Belgium makes one too. That's a watermelon beer because it smells sour and it smells like watermelon. Twenty First Amendment Brewery makes um, Heller High watermelon. Oh my god. Yeah, when okay, okay. I see, you see what, what you're I mean talking about. Sour? Okay. Yeah, that's sour, man. There's some decent sourness to it. There's a little bit of a funky quality on that. And there's watermelon. It's very watermelony. But I wouldn't say it's so much of like watermelon juice or like the actual watermelon fruit. But you know when you, you kind of like accidentally take a little bit of a bite of the watermelon rind? Yeah. So it's still kind of juicy, but it's also a little bit like rind. Yeah. Bitterness. It's like that. You know what? I think you got, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's watermelon. It's so watermelon. I think it's As you keep beer. drinking it, it's very yep. watermelon. I'm going to go back to A since I've had less of A since I screwed up. That actually, um, I haven't had that many watermelon beers. That's going to be my favorite watermelon beer, honestly. That's good. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Mm. Going back to A, I do get more, more of that straw. Mm. He's good, man. Combination of like that lemony sourness and and the watermelon is just good, and a little bit of a funk. Yeah. Mm. 
And then the A's kind of. Mm. A's are. Yeah, he's more of a standard beer. Yeah. Kind of like easier drinking. Yeah, and A is... Sweeter. A yeah. lot sweeter. And B is more fruit forward. B's? Mmm. Mmm. Okay. I think I know where I'm going. I want to give A... A... Two. It's... There. We have A at two. It's a beer. Nothing really stands out. It's there. It's not bad. It's not great. I'm As I continue to sip it, there's a little bit more of like a sweetness building that's kind of putting me off a little bit. Yeah. I gotta go two on A. Yeah, I'm gonna go two on A as well. Alright. B, you're right, is probably one of one of the better watermelons. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go four. Uh, that's funny because I was, I was gonna say exactly a four. It's a pretty good Watermelon beer. Yeah. I like that tart, and I like a little bit of that salt that's in it. I yeah, think you're yeah. right. I think it's a watermelon goes, or some sort of melon goes. It's um, gotta be. Actually, Terrapin makes a watermelon goes. Really? Ke- Kelly just had it the other day. Um, I forget what it was called. It was being a can when you poured it. Uh, I think they're both cans. Are you? <laughs> yeah. It might be Terrapin. We'll check it. All right, so A, overall loser with two. B, overall winner with four. Let's go ahead and reveal A first, since it was a loser with two. A is an eh beer. Oh, Maui, Maui Brewing Company's Mana Wheat. It is 5.5% alcohol by volume. It's a wheat ale brewed with pineapple juice. Do you get pineapple juice in pineapple? that? I don't. No. Eh. No bueno. I'm not that big on it. Typically, I'm not all that big on their beers. You know, even looking for the pineapple after... After I know that it's in there, I don't get it. Well, let me try. I don't get any pineapple at all. Maybe that's where that little bit of sweetness okay. is coming from. Yeah, I can, but it's like, there's no tartness at all. It's like It's sweet. like very, very sweet pineapple very juice. Yeah. So, I don't know. But B, um, let's find out what that is. Overall winner of the episode with a four is... Watermelon Goza from Terrapin. <laughs> Terrapin yeah. Beer Company's Watermelon Goza... It is, it says, uh, malt beverage brewed with natural flavors. Oh, okay, well, they say that on, like, everything. Literally the one that Kelly had two nights ago. 4.5% alcohol yeah. by volume, of course. Yep. Of course it's going to be low to goza, but yeah. uh, it says it's a traditional German-style beer brewed with sea salt and coriander, and obviously watermelon flavor added to it. That's pretty solid. It's, I'd get that again. It's decent. Terrapin has a pretty good track record for me. I'm not a huge watermelon and beer fan, but this one's not bad. Well, like I said, of all the watermelon beers I've had, and this is probably only the third one, it's my favorite. (laughs) I mean, I guess that doesn't say a ton, but it's also, I think it's actually pretty good. I'd drink it again. Yeah. I'll drink more. Um, did you need another to finish this out? Oh, you need yeah. another little bit of Collins uh, HBC 438? Absolutely. Was that it? 438. I didn't remember properly. I'm going to be honest. I think this uh, might be my favorite beer of the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. By far. Yeah. Mm. It's good, man. And that, like, hit of, like, That's mandarin cool. orange at the end. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, so thank you very much, Colin. Thank you very much, Kyle. As you enjoy Colin's homebrew. And thank you very much, Carlin, for having me on, sir. Hey, you got it, man. 
But uh, everybody, thank you so much for checking this out. Uh, I feel like it's been a while since I've plugged stuff, so I need to plug stuff. Definitely. Um, go ahead and check us out on our website, BrutalBattle.com. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher. We're also on Google Play now as well, so I know that hooks up with Android phones uh, with some apps for podcasts through Android. Check that out. Check out I'm on Untapped. I'm Carlin Cook or Carlton Malibu, all one word. Kyle, are you on Untapped? You are. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I'm KTN one one five. There you go. You type Check in Kyle out. Norman and look for the stuff. Grab it with antlers. Yeah, all right. There. Uh, we also have uh, Brutal Battle Beer Breaks. Their videos on YouTube, like five minutes or less, about when I'm drinking in my off time. Check those things out. Um, go on to the iTunes store and give us ratings and reviews. Really appreciate that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else there is. That might be it. Too much social media. You Twitter. Know. There's a Facebook. Just look for Brutal Battle on Facebook. Check that out. And also Twitter. And your email. And email. Um, but on Twitter, I'm Carl Carlin at Brutal Battle. Just look for at Brutal Battle. Mm-hmm. And then email is BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. So if you have any ideas for the show, you have any beers that you want to be on there, or ideas for more games, or, or you know, Beer Me Bro names or whatever, yeah. yeah, just let us know. So... Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, God. Thank you, everyone, for checking us out. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks so much, Kyle. You're the man. Thank you, Carla. Yes. You're the man. All right. And thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca just showed up in the room, and she does all the hard work of pouring, well, pouring beers typically for episodes, but in this case, she picked them all out, and she prepped them so we could pour them. Appreciate that. But anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening, and... Please remember to keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 